What's up again, everybody? Uh, it's Levin here with Xander, and our podcast titled Eat When You Can, Sleep When You Can, and Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. Here we are for episode three, Xander. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, <clears throat> you know, I thought episode one and episode two kind of encompassed a little bit about us, a little bit about our program, just kind of went into some various things about rotations we're on, and you know, we talked about how we really want to talk about what it's like on a weekly basis to be a resident and give you stories and give you some context as to things we're experiencing and things we're going through. Yeah. And so, you know, we're going to tell you some stories about patient encounters, uh, things that happen in the OR, things that happen uh, just within the residency. Uh, but we want to make sure that, you know, these stories are may or may not be about patients we've seen, patients that other residents have seen, uh, encounters we had during residency or maybe in medical school uh, without giving away any HIPAA information, obviously, um, because that would be inappropriate. That would be very inappropriate, and we're not going to do that because we don't do that here. We don't do that here. We don't talk about patients on elevators. No, never. <laughs> That's never happened. And we're not going to do it here. So, like, We like, don't even have elevators. We don't. We actually take stairs. <laughs> like like you said, though, uh, you know, we want to make sure that y'all realize any stories you hear, anything you hear, it may or may not be a real patient that we're actually taking care of. It could just be a story. It could just be a theoretical story. It could just be a thing that we've heard from an attending or from a former resident or mm-hmm. from a colleague about a different patient. Yeah. But it's all meant to be in good fun. It's all meant to be good spirited. It's all meant to just give you some insight into what it's like day to day as a surgery resident and as a resident in general. Yeah. So jumping into that, uh, what happened this week? I know you started off on your colorectal rotation, which is a great month. Um, <clears throat> any any anything you remember Col- from this week? Colorectal is awesome. Okay, I know it's like there's no way you like colorectal. I'm telling you, colorectal is one of the best rotations we have because the patient list stays low. All right, I remember looking at it one time last week when I was on ICU. The patient list was at zero. I was like, wow, zero patients, zero patients, zero patients. Well, of course, I walk onto it uh, day one. You know, I'm also famous in this residency for having Black the, cloud. the blackest cloud over me. Okay, it's always raining and thundering. <laughs> People know when I walk into the hospital on service because things start crumpling. Yeah, me and uh, uh, my co-resident on PEDS, we had a our list miraculously got down to eight patients, which was great. Um, and then we saw that Dr. Fairchild was on call for us the next this coming night, and we literally talked about how we need to get up earlier the next day because the list will probably double <laughs> by the time we get back to work. Um, you're making a bad name for yourself. Even the nurses are noticing. Yeah. They don't want to be on call with you. Yeah, this this has happened. Nurses, physicians, uh, <laughs> mid-level providers, all these... Uh, all these Janitorial staff. <laughs> all these people have known that the black cow exists. Well, the, the list was at zero at one point last week, and I walk on to colorectal this week, and I shit you not. There's no pun intended there. We walk into our morning conference on Tuesday and I find out that there is a colorectal emergency in the ED guys. There's never colorectal emergencies. It's rare. That is rare. Colorectal surgery is cancer surgery and diverticulitis and, uh, you know, foreign body in <laughs> anus, hemorrhoids. I mean, you know, uh, colonoscopy screening and stuff. I mean, that's colorectal surgery, you know, and, and there was a colorectal emergency in the ER day one of my rotation it at 6 45 in the morning. It took you 15 minutes of holding that pager for all shit to hit the fan. As we said, your luck is terrible my, and you were proving it in February. My senior texted me the night before. He's like, Hey, you know, plan is to do discovery rounds at 6.45 in the morning on our one patient. I was like, 
yes, that is awesome. I walk into the hospital at you know 6.30 to get some numbers, and I get handed the pager, and then we see the patient, and we're on our way down to the conference, and there's a patient in the ER that needs emergency surgery. And that's how the day went. And the next thing I knew, there was five patients on the list from one uh, <laughs> by noon that day. And uh, that's colorectal for you. That's me on colorectal, what, at least. What, uh, what was the emergency? I'm just curious. The emergency was a perforated uh, ileal pouch. Yeah, so mm-hmm. prior um, LAR and uh, then ended up getting a, a total colectomy and got a ileal pouch and it perforated. So, so what y'all do? Uh, we actually just took it out and she actually had enough uh, rectum length to hook it back up. So oh, good. Um, we hooked her back up and uh, continuity and she's doing fine. Well, that's good. You know, emergencies are scary, but, um, you know, <clears throat> usually if you can get out of it and not be posting another M&M, consider that a lucky one. Yeah, we try to avoid those M&Ms. Yeah, I, I'm just coming off peer, uh, just rotation where you're kind of off on your own with some of the, with operating one-on-one with attendings, usually without a senior. And as a junior, um, sometimes you have cover in your first couple of years of residency is if there's an older resident in the case and something goes wrong, that's not your M&M, that's the senior's M&M. But when it's just you and the attending, it's all you. And peer month, um, you never know what's going to come in uh, those outlying smaller hospitals. And often they're <laughs> complete disasters. And if it's emergency surgery, you got to go in and do it. And if even if it's an expected result of this patient we didn't think was going to do well to begin with, um, just based on their presentation and their problem, um, you know, it, you could do everything right in surgery. And we still present them at M&M if something goes wrong. Uh, M&M being our morbidity and mortality conference, uh, for those who have never heard of that. Um, basically, it's an opportunity for residents to talk about um, cases or things that result in poor complications or just where the patient doesn't do well. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a, a daunting uh, conference to be presenting at in front of all your attendings, but we look at it as an opportunity to uh, share experiences uh, where we had a learning opportunity from something going wrong, uh, whether it was, uh, you know, a, a technical error during a case or if a patient just didn't do well. Uh, this is our opportunity to look back and learn from it. Um, and it's something that every residency program has. And that, that's part of being a doctor is lifelong learning from your um, from your practice. Yeah, let's just call it what it is. It's where we go confess our sins. <laughs> it is. It's it's chapel. <laughs> we we confess our sin. Uh, we stand up in front of the entire residency program and attendings and confess the things yeah. that we've done wrong. Have Have you had any M and M's? I've had a few. Yeah. In fact, one of mine came from Pier. My first morning on Pier. You know, my black cloud that hovers over me. Yeah. There's something a about a patient that came in came in and died in the ED while I was getting ready to put an art line in him, mm-hmm. and it was just me and a, and a new nurse in there. Yeah. Yeah, we got him to the operating room and, and, and took care of him. But, you know, the next day, that said patient was on multiple pressers and unfortunately didn't make it. So I presented him at M&M. But it's where we go confess our sins. It is. But it's all right. It is okay. Um, You know, uh, but, you know, going back into like that week-to-week thing and what we do each day and what it looks like. You know, I kind of gave you an idea of my first day of colorectal surgery. And I walked in to see one patient. It was beautiful. I'd just come off ICU from where we were seeing... You know, there was a 25 to 30 patient list and I'm seeing 10 to 12 people every morning that are, you know, insanely sick and have a million problems going on with all these consulting services and tubes and drains and everything you can imagine. And then I'll walk on to colorectal the next day and um, I kind of laughed, you know, because the night before, uh, you know, we have Epic at our hospital. So we have Haiku on our phones. We can we can kind of 
check stuff. And, you know, we're surgery residents are just all the same. We all just look at this crap all day and night. And Type A. Um, yeah. Never let it go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's 1030 at night. I'm getting ready to go to sleep or 11 o'clock. And I click on the list because I want to see who's all on there, what new patients we have, how many people it is. And so I'm looking at this guy, you know, it's the night before. He's hanging out on the eighth floor and doing fine and no problems and looking like he's going to get ready to get discharged. Just had a little easy surgery that day. And I show up the next morning. He's in the ICU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got yep. rapid it overnight you know i was like i cannot believe i just left the icu for two straight months and i'm right back in it with the only patient i have on the list in the icu but it was simple we took care of him we saw him went to conference that day we had some colonoscopies and some other procedures that i was able to participate in and do those things and i was actually on call that day i took call for the peed service like we mentioned last uh episode and um you know that day it was pretty chill i mean we did some procedures I had a chance to kind of sit down, log some case numbers by midday, get some coffee, um, grab a little lunch, <clears throat> do a little things in the afternoon. I actually allowed my colleague here, Dr. Buttress, to get off a little bit early that day at a decent time. He was on peds. I was done. The pediatric surgery service was done. So I was like, dude, won't you get out of here? Give me the pager. Give me the checkout. I got him out at a decent time. Of course, right after he leaves, I got a page about a patient in the ED on the ped service and needed surgery that night and did an appy that night at six, which was nice minutes. Yeah. Which was nice. (laughs) It was a, it was a nice little appy I got to do with one of our attendings. That's the one good thing about the ped surgery service is it's usually one-on-one work with the attendings. And, um, whenever they see that, you know, they start to get a little trust in you, they'll let you, they'll let you really operate. And so I got to operate that night, which is nice on call. And that case was done at seven, eight o'clock. And, um, I went to do some post-op checks, which is another part of just kind of being on call and seeing the people that were operated on later in the afternoon that the day team couldn't check on. And I went up to the call room, uh, put on the TV. I've been dealing with this sty in my right eye that I've <laughs> literally, I think I've had like two in my entire life. And for yeah. whatever reason, I've it got one last week. It seems to be resolving. Week. It is. It's much better. And so I put some warm compresses on it, lay down in my call bed, watched the little TV, answered some pages as they came in. Of course, I had a 1030 uh, appy to post from the kids ED that night for the next day. And I had a 2 a.m. abscess that came into the ED that I had to get up for both of those and go see and get posted. But otherwise, the night was uh, mostly just dealt with some some pages from the other services and uh, answering some questions from nurses. And um, I set my alarm for 6 a.m. that next morning, woke up at the hospital and went see my five colorectal patients for that morning and went to conference, you know, because we have conference on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at our hospital. Tuesday is usually basic science. Wednesday is a chance for grand rounds uh, where different residents or attendings present a topic. And Thursday is our M&M where we go and confess our sins. So that is what my day looked like my first day on colorectal, seeing one patient, going to conference, doing some surgeries and operating, um, taking care of things in the afternoon, had a chance to eat, get some coffee, taking over the PED uh, surgery service, operating for them, and then being on call all night and admitting the PEDs next day surgical patients and taking care of patients that night and then seeing patients in the morning. And once I was done that morning at 9 a.m., I hopped in my car, came home, and slept. And woke up at some decent time and went to the gym. And that's pretty much what my day looked like on that day of colorectal surgery. How about you, Doc? What did, what did your peds day look like? Day one of peds. So uh, my co-resident on peds with me, she was on call in the unit um, transferring into the new month. And so she was post-call on day one. Uh, so it was just me on the ped service, which isn't too bad because on the ped service, we have NPs who carry the pager during the day, which is nice because it lets us focus on just operating. Um, not that we're completely detached from patient care, but it does take a little bit of that distraction of that pager going off um, and we can focus on the operating room. Um, and so we had, I think, five cases, uh, most of which were lysis of penile adhesions, really exciting stuff where you do almost nothing <laughs> and you just kind of free up the edges. Um, and the attending, I, I forgot how quickly some of these things go with pediatrics because on the first one, I finally see on Epic proc, meaning we're in the room. <laughs> 
And I get there, and it was done. He was done before I entered the room. Yes. So we've, that, all, we've all been there. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, forgot that we go a million miles an hour on this side and that the case is um, a four-second case. Uh, but the second one got to help out with. Then I did a circumcision. Um, and then we had a couple of combo cases with uh, pulmonology. and uh, But they're all pretty straightforward, all less than 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as you said, you know, you came on around 4 p.m. to take over the pager, um, which we really appreciate in this residency. And it's part of the culture that we're trying to change. Um, if nothing's going on, there's no reason for mm-hmm. two people when one of them's yes. on call, why keep two people in the hospital That's right. to do nothing? That's right. Um, and so <clears throat> whenever possible, I think we, we make an effort to try and, uh, get our co-residents out of the hospital, uh, to go have a life. And, you know, if you can, there's, those opportunities are rare. There's times you, you think you're going to leave at five, but you end up leaving at seven thirty because a case came in and it was an emergency and you had to, you had to do it. And so when the rare opportunity comes where you can get out at four fifteen. Um, why not look out for your co-residents and help them out? Yep. I'm all about it. I'm all about um, when the day has been completed in surgery and all the patients have been tended to and all the surgeries have been done and the things on the floor are done and the notes are done and the orders are in and, you know, the day is kind of relaxed and it is chilled out. I am all about trying to get my colleagues out of the hospital. Um, if I'm the person on call, I want you to leave because um, there's no difference between if someone comes in at 3.30 if they come in at 5.30. Because if they come in at 5.30 and I'm the personal call, I'm going to handle it. If they come in at 3.30 I'm the personal call, I'm going to handle it. So it's not like, oh, well, let me just stay just in case. Just in case what? Because you don't stay after 5. You know, that's my whole <coughs> thing. And like you said, I think it's important to to really try to um, help our colleagues and our co-residents have that little extra time when they can. Because like you said, it's rare. It doesn't <coughs> happen very often. We're a pretty busy surgery program. We, we mm-hmm. operate a lot. Um we have a high volume center. And so it's not very often that you actually do finish at a decent time in the day and can have an hour or two to maybe leave the hospital and, and just have a couple hours to come home and enjoy some sunshine yep. and get some things done around the house. And just, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, just to come home and go run some groceries and do something for your car, put some gas in it and yep. hit the gym. And you look up and it's like 530. It's like, normally I just be getting off work and now I've already accomplished these two or three things. It just, it really, really sets that, that mental well-being that's so big in 2023. Everybody wants to talk about it. You know, everybody, there's so many ideas, but we're not seeing anything implemented. And I thought, you know, that's what's funny. Everybody talks about the mental well-being, but you don't actually see anybody actually implementing something. What changed? Like, I'm going to actually implement it. You know, like, I'm going to show up to you at four o'clock and say, hey, man, give me the pager and get out of here. Actually, hey, are you all about to run the list? Because I'm going to come sit in while you run the list with your team. I'm going to listen and then I'm going to get your team out of here and give me the pager. Yep. Like I'm going to be an active participant in trying to make sure that my colleagues and my co-residents have a better mental well-being. If I am at the hospital and I'm on call, get out of here. Yeah. You know, I think that's something that we can, the entire country can do. And like, right. it's not just our residency. It's not just our class. Like this is something that can change. And this idea of like, you need to sit at the hospital till five and just look at everybody and stare at everybody for three hours. If nothing's going on, is just ridiculous. Yeah. And even, even when it's one extra hour, yeah, uh, leaving at four versus five, it it's seems, huge. it seems like nothing. But when you're talking about a bad week where you log a hundred hours, no kidding, hundred hours yeah. is not that rare when that happens. But for an extra hour where you can do one task at home or just have another hour with your significant other, whatever it be, walk your dog, work out when you haven't been able to for a few dude, days, dude, what that does for you to beat traffic. That too. Let's see. Let, you know the the thing nobody wants to talk about traffic. Traffic. And we're in a we're not even in a huge city. When I get off at five o'clock. It takes me 10 minutes just to get out the garage because so is everyone else. Yeah. Then I get out the garage and it takes, it's an extra 20 to 30 minutes of traffic on the road. Yeah. 
And like you said, we're not even in a big city. Nope. You you get me out the hospital at four or three forty five because the day's done. I'm now home in ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Right. You know, all those things matter. So I mean, I think it's just it, it, it's important to recognize. I think it's awesome. I think it's it's good that our our class is really like pushing that and like trying to make you know that yeah. happen. But um, you know, I think that's going to just play a big role in residency moving forward for us. Absolutely. So kind of wrapping things up. Uh, you know, first week in colorectal. Any any funny patient encounters you had? Anything kind of anything lighten up your week a little bit that you can think of? <clears throat> well. I don't know about necessarily patient interactions in this case, but I definitely have had a great interaction with a couple of our attendings and, um, you know, just really appreciative of, um, I have an attending that's very specifically has called me multiple times this week to give me updates on a patient that me and him have both been working up together. Um, it's pretty awesome. I admitted the patient, um, whenever they came in and got the consult and called him about it. And he has made it a point to reach out to me multiple times a day via text or phone call and just give me updates as, as we both come across them, whether it's lab work, whether it's imaging, whether it's after he spoke with the oncologist or the radiologist and he has this new update that I may not know about because he spoke with him personally, he will call me and tell me and like we have a discussion about this and about this patient's um, you know, ongoing pathology and what and what they're dealing with. And, you know, I was I was I mean Dr. Butchers were talking about this before the episode, but you know, my amount of understanding and just rectal cancer and sigmoid cancer and uh, you know, like low colon colon cancer. All those things is like profoundly. Uh, it's complex stuff. Yeah, it's very complex. But like my understanding of it has has went up profoundly in just the past three days because these open conversations we have had. It's it's let me kind of put those things into perspective. Those things you read about and you always study, but you kind of forget. Like, you know, I mean, we all do. I mean, I don't, I don't remember all the the intricacies of you know T one, T two, and one, T three, and all those things. But I'm working this patient up actively, and I'm seeing it happen. And mm-hmm. the discussions he is having with me each day. It's just really help them understanding of that whole disease process and yep. and how we work. Best it way up. to learn it. So it's awesome. So I mean, yeah, that's that's been a big boost for me for this week is just having an attending that is so willing to call me personally multiple times a day and like just have a mini discussion with me about this yeah. patient or send me just a little text, a little paragraph text about here's what I'm thinking, here's what we're doing, this is why I'm thinking this. You know, those things just go a long way. So how about you, man? Peds, anything anything for you this week? Um, you know, I think this week, what I've taken away is being now I'm the junior on the service. You know, last time I was on PEDS, it was me and another PGY2. And so we simply just alternated who's going to be the chief uh, resident in that case, who's going to operate. On this one, you know, I defer to my senior resident. Um, and she got to do a lot more of the operating this week, which is fine. Um, you know, that's that's part of how it works. You're not always going to split things 50-50. And she put in her time as a two and now as a three and gets to gets that first right of refusal. And so she did, I think five or six appies this week and I was watching all of them and you know, I can take it from a stance of, wow, I wish I was operating this, this sucks. Or, and the way I tried to take it was I'm watching her do these cases, getting feedback from the attendings. You know, we're having a good time in the OR, but being able to have a stress-free way of watching someone else operate. And now that I've done a few, I can be like, okay, these are moves I think she's doing that are perfect. These are ones I would do differently. And it's, it's a different way of learning how to operate without having my hands on the instruments. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's my biggest takeaway is that, you know, any opportunity you're in, it can be a great learning opportunity, even if you're not the one with the sticks. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Hey, once again, you know, thank you, Dr. Buttress. Um, I hope y'all enjoy just listening to a little bit about our week this week and pediatric surgery world and the colorectal surgery world. And, you know, we appreciate y'all listening. Any feedback you have, please give it to us. If you want to hear about any topics, any things we've experienced, you know, any things that, that you're just interested in, in hearing us talk about, please reach out to us. You know, there's an email that'll be listed below within the podcast. Send us an email. We look forward to hearing you. Once again, we're signing off. Eat when you can, sleep Sleep when you can, can. don't fuck with with the the pancreas. pancreas.
Hey, y'all. We appreciate y'all listening to today's episode on Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. We hope that you tune in to the next episode. We don't know when it's going to be released. We're so busy. We're just we're putting them out when we get chances to. Uh, we're listening to what you guys tell us. Um, some of y'all send us responses on Instagram. Some of y'all send us direct messages um, on, on TikTok. Whatever it may be, keep reaching out to us. We're going to keep putting this podcast episode out there for you guys. Yeah, email us with episode ideas, with questions you have. Uh, if you want to be featured on an episode, we'd love to have you. If you have something to bring to the table, we'd love to, uh, to get you involved in any way possible. Uh, we're, we're posting content on, on TikTok and on Instagram and on YouTube as well. And so continue to tune in, continue to follow us and share it with your friends. Uh, pre-med students, med students, undergrad students, anybody in the general public, we're trying to reach as many as possible to give you an insight on what it is like day in and day out to be a general surgery resident. Yeah, the only way you're going to find this is on this podcast, guys, DFWTP. You have to find it. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, whatever playlist you might use, whatever podcast servicing you use, listen to it there. Check out our Instagram. It's DFW the Pancreas. Check out our TikTok, DFWTP, and you can shoot us on email at DFWthePancreas at gmail.com gmail.com any ideas anything you want to hear anything you want from us let us know but you got to keep listening you got to keep sharing it and y'all tune into the next episode we'll see you there don't fuck with the pancreas